God has been so good. Now, I got a mirror up here. We're going to talk about it in a little while, but if I don't knock it down first. But we're going to go to the Word. Anybody want to hear from the Lord today? Good. Me, me too. I want the Lord to talk to me. I believe the Lord's going to talk to me today. I, I, I want to get convicted by the, by the Word of the Lord, and I want to receive it. I got a good report. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7 and 15, and while, while you're getting that ready, Bishop Stevens was at camp meeting in Lufkin this week, and I heard a report that Friday night there was a healing service, and after all his back surgeries and all his pain, the Lord touched him, and he said that he is healed in his back pain after all the years and suffering he's had. Isn't that wonderful? God is so good. He's still a healer after all that time. When God says it's time to be healed, it's time to be healed. And the first thing I thought, Brother Aubrey, was after all the years of sacrifice, now he's at his retirement, and God's going to give him some peace. And I just was so thankful for that. You know, sometimes being in suffering keeps us sharp. Sometimes having pain keeps us on the edge to make sure that we're really needing God. In fact, I'll be talking a little bit about that today. Also, I want to announce to you that we're going to have another bilingual service, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday. And Brother George is going to be translating live in Spanish. So I need everyone who speaks Spanish to tell your friends. I need people who live in the area to spread the word. I want to fill this place on that Wednesday night with people who speak Spanish. Everybody say, Gloria a Dios. Mi amigos. It just rhymes, and I don't know else to rhyme in Spanish besides that. So, Matthew 7 and 15. Are you are all ready over here? Brother Jason, I'm going to have to get you up here while we can. He'll be transferring out because of the military soon, but uh, this is your chance to be up here and support today before you have to go. Matthew 7 and 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, of course, that's impossible. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad... If, you can't even be bad if you wanted to. You get so full of the Holy Ghost, you can't even be mean. You don't know how. It's just not in you to be mean. Well, I want to get to that place because I still got some mean in me. It just has to get manifested. You know, I got to wake up the wrong side of the bed, not get the food or whatever. It's amazing. Be in traffic. It's amazing how that, that, that fruit is still wanting to come out of me. And I want to get to the point in my walk with God to where it doesn't even come out of me. People just cut me off in traffic. I'm like, Lord, bless them. I hope they get there safe. I don't even know how to be mean anymore, you know. That's, that's really should be our goal to where people can't trigger us anymore. Man, that's, that, I really feel the Holy Ghost talking already to somebody. Don't you want to get to the place to where nobody can control you? Where circumstances can't? control you, where you just naturally respond with the grace and mercies of God, man, Lord, help, help me to have that kind of a fruit. If it's in you, it'll come out. 
So a bad tree can bear good fruit? No, it can't. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. It's, it's pointless. It's useless. Therefore, by their fruits you will, know, you will know them. But not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, in that judgment day, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And the Lord will respond to some people who have done these things and say, I never knew you. So these people claim to know God, but God claimed to not know them. It is very possible for us to know God and God not know us. But what does that mean and how does that look? Because God's supposed to know everything. So that word obviously doesn't mean that God does not like know you. Like, like you know about people, but you don't know people. You don't know him until you know him. Someone's like, yeah, I know him. But some of you are like, no, I know him. There's a difference. And so we, we don't want to just know the Lord. We want the Lord to know us. He's not the only revealer. Well, God is the revealer. No, everyone's a revealer. Revelation is simply what you put out to be true. You reveal who you are, or you hide who you are. The Lord either hides or he reveals. We either hide or we reveal. Now, our God is not someone who hides. Our God is not someone who stays in heaven. Our God is one who goes. Our God is one who comes to the earth and reveals himself. Our God is open. Are you open? Are you as open as the God you worship. Because the only way to build a lasting relationship with the Lord is through openness. Let's have that turned off because that'll, that'll annoy me, my ADD, the whole time. The water's running. We got a baptism today. Rita's getting baptized in Jesus' name. That's the sound of forgiveness running in the background today. But that forgiveness will uh, distract me. Yes, warm forgiveness. It's going to be warm water. Yeah. She said, I want some warm forgiveness. <laughs> oh, yes, I understand. So what a, what a powerful word. And today I just felt like talking about the revelation of myself. <laughs> we talk about God all the time in church. We know who he is, but it doesn't seem to be working. So let's talk about who I am, who you are. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Uh, Jason, I know a, I know a knee surgeon who will give you free knee surgeries and I want to schedule you for one this week. So, uh, huh? Yeah, but it's for free. Jason said, there's nothing wrong. Some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all are like, Hey, pass it on over here. We got some knees that need it, but it's not Jason's knees. You know how ridiculous it was for me to try to sell knee surgery to someone who doesn't want it? <laughs> yeah. And we do it all the time to people in the world and people in America. We go around saying, you want Jesus, right? He's great. He's amazing. And they're like, I don't need Jesus. We scratch our heads and we walk away and go find somebody else. 
Because we begin with talking about who God is. But the Bible begins with talking about who we are. It was law before it was grace. And we want to start with grace. But grace has no backdrop, no context, unless there's law. And we always tell our friends and family about the grace of God first. And they sit there and go, that's cute. But I don't need it. Because we don't start with who we are. We have no need of the great physician. So we know that our God is a fixer. Everybody say he's a fixer. He heals what's broken. He, he feels what's empty. He lifts what's low. He saves what's dying. Mark 2 and 17 says, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. God is useless to some people. The God that created the entire universe is pointless to a lot of people in America. I don't need to go to church. He's pointless. God's pointless. Don't need him. Why? You go ahead and have your God. You need him. I don't. If we cannot break that barrier, we cannot reach people. And we're afraid to offend people by telling them who they really are. So you know what we do? We just talk about how great God is. And you know what they do? They agree and they shout and they come to church sometimes or watch online or don't even watch online. They just say, God's great. I love him. I believe in him, but I just don't need him. Because we spend all of our current modern day Christianity spending time about how great God is. Our songs are about, oh, how great thou art. But man, when our elders were growing up, Oh, what a wretch. <laughs> I am. <laughs> think about think about the old songs. You know, I know we don't really, a lot of us, us younger folks don't really like the, like the tempo and all that about the old style. But the words of the old songs had a whole lot more biblical context. Because they didn't just talk about the goodness of God. They talked about the failure of man. What is the point of a physician if nobody's sick? So I want you to notice that he, he doesn't heal the whole. He doesn't help people who do not recognize that they need help. God becomes irrelevant when we don't need anything. If I do not preach what you need, then we'll never get to God. If I do not preach the truth of where you are, you'll never desire God. And as much as I don't want to offend you, I've got to start by offending you to get you to a place where you will no longer ever be offended. He does not fill the content. He doesn't lift those who are high. He doesn't save the living. He has nothing to offer the perfect and the complete. But the truth is, he is the only one perfect. He is the only one complete. There is none good but him. There is none good but God. Every one of us have fallen short. We're sinners and we're messed up and we're wrong. And our nature is evil and selfish. And we need to just go ahead and confess today that we need him. 
I don't care how much money you have in the bank, you definitely need him. It's hard for a rich man to go to heaven. Stop lying to yourself. You need him. You can have retirement and health, but you need him. Don't ever be deceived. You're nothing without him. We've got to make up our minds today. We need him. Get the revelation of who you really are. You're nothing without him. I am nothing without the Lord. I think we've done a great job in America telling everybody who God is. You've got a YouTube video for everything you want to know about God. I mean, everybody's online telling you everything about God. There's, there's no excuse now. There's no shortage of revelation about who God is. If you want to learn it, you can. There's computer programs now that will dissect every part of every Greek and Hebrew word for you. There are no excuses to finding out who God is. And we live in an abundance of knowledge of God. And yet Christianity's on the decline. If we could just know more about God, we would be better off. But we've tried that. We are doing that. We're living that experiment in America right now where no one knows as much about the living God as Americans do. No one. Yet there are so many people who do not want to seek Him, do not want to worship Him, do not want to know Him. I think we're smarter than ever. I think that we have every tool we need to know that God is a miracle worker. If you want to look up the miracles of God, type it on YouTube, testimonies of God doing miracles, and you can sit there for days, and the algorithm will keep kicking out miracles all over the world. Modern-day miracles when people prayed in the name of Jesus uh, and he came through for them. If you want to know about God, it's easy to know about God. There's not, it's not hard to know about God. So then what's wrong? It's not the revelation of God that's lacking. It's the revelation of myself that's messed up. More and more today, people are choosing to turn their backs on Jesus. And I ask why. If our God is so powerful and great and helpful, why are so many content to live without his help? Why are there so many Christians that know everything they need to know about God still waking up saying, I'm good today? How could we be living in a day where the knowledge of Jesus is so abundant and the desire for Jesus is so lacking? Here's the conclusion that I've come to, at least for us Americans today. It's not our lack of Jesus' revelation. It's our lack of self-revelation. We do not want to look in the mirror. This mirror's got two options. Ooh, you know about that, huh, Rita? <laughs> She's going to fit in good around here. Yeah, you, can, you got your normal mirror, but then somebody figured out if we bend the glass... Oh, you can really see how ugly you are. What is that? And you see every little, every little flaw and problem. Oh, man, that's nasty. I got a scar. I got a scar here. I got a hole here. Must have popped a zit when I was 12. And it never let me live it down. And I've got these little bubble things popping up now. I'm almost 40. I don't even know what they are. They're not pimples. They're not zits. They're just 
They're just the humility of God trying to make me humble. They're humility bumps is what they are. And when you begin to look in the mirror, you see the truth of who you are. And that's why we don't like to do it. We just want to spend our time saying, Lord, let me look at you. And we praise him because he's great and he's beautiful and he's awesome. And we love church when we talk about God. But we hate church when we talk about us. Let me go find a preacher that preach about how great God is. Let's stay away from the preacher to talk about how messed up I am. And listen, for every, for every one preacher that tries to find out who you are, there's ten that won't talk about you that just talks about how good the Lord is. But you will not grow in a walk with God because you find out God is good, but you grow when you realize you are in need of that God. Until you can confess that you need him, he's pointless. And the reason why you're not praying and you don't care a thing about him is because you think you can live without him. But as soon as you recognize that you need him every second of the day, like you need the breath in your lungs, you begin to desire him and want him. And you wake up in the morning and say, I need you. And at lunchtime, you say, I need you. And you get your Bible out because you say, I need you. I don't care what I've got in this world. I know that I need Jesus. Revelation 3 and 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. The Lord wants to show us who we are specifically. Look, we're not just the church like every other church in the world. The Bible tells us that John the Revelator received a prophecy, a message for the future churches and their personalities and their failures and their strengths and their problems. And there are multiples listed in Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3. And the last one, the last church, is the church of Laodicea. It says in verse 14, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're not cold and you're not even hot. You answer the question if that's us as I read this. I could wish you were cold or hot. God says, I desire for you to be either cold or hot. I, I wish you'd pick a side. Either, either get in or get out. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pastor, if people leave, there's no hope. That's not doctrinal. I've heard these elder pastors say, and I, I, I respect my elders, and I agree with almost everything, but there's one thing I've heard elders teach me that I don't agree with. It's not biblical. It's logical. And that is, as long as people are coming, there's hope. I have seen so many hypocrites keep coming. I have seen so many people keep coming that never, ever really walked with God. I am so tired of people who think they're right because they come to church. I have been the guy that knew how to come to church, and that's about it. Why is this important to God? Because we don't know who we are. And when you're not in this thing, because you're not in this thing with your heart, 
and you begin to manifest it in your life and you be real with who you really are, now you know you need them. You see, whenever you finally just say, I'm cold, you quit faking it. And now you say, I need God. But we have learned to put enough heat, Brother Dale, on the saints of God to make them comfortable in church. Enough heat to come in the church and feel a little bit of fire, but never push them over the edge to where they have to make their minds up. And God says to the Laodicean church, I'm done with this with you. I can't play that game with you. You either going to make your mind up, you're in this thing, or you're not. Because as soon as you can confess you're not in this thing, you can start to get in this thing. But as long as you're halfway in, as long as you're lukewarm, as long as you're coming to church but not really serving God, you're, it's dangerous territory because you're living in deceit and you don't even know who you really are. Verse 16, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you. I will spew you out of my mouth. You make me sick. Look, I, I like my coffee hot. And because it's Texas, I sometimes like it cold. But when the ice melts and it sits in the car for an hour, uh, uh, that stuff gets really gross really fast. I think I understand what God is saying. Lukewarm is confusion. Lukewarm is gray. Lukewarm doesn't know which side they're on. Lukewarm doesn't realize if they're saved or... Am I in or out? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really powerful. The devil can use lukewarm to his advantage because you can feel like you're in, but you're out. You can look like you're in, but you're out. And that's why we've got to talk about it. I've got to have a revelation today of who I really am. Let me break it down to you like this. If you're not hot, you're lost. You can be lukewarm. That's fine. You're lost. You can be cold. You're lost. You're lost when you're cold, and you're lost when you're lukewarm, so you might as well be cold. Stop pretending that you're hot when you're not because you're lost just like you're lost when you're cold. But just confess it so that you can start running some hot water. But as long as you're pretending, as long as you're playing church, as long as you refuse to acknowledge it, that you're not all the way in, you will be halfway in and you will be fully lost. I knew the Lord was going to talk to us today. Because you say, I am rich. Nah, you don't say it out loud. You say it with your attitude. Top one percenters, you're in here right now. You have everything you need compared to people in the world. You're rich. You say, I'm not rich because there's a billionaire. Oh, not, not that many in the whole world. But you know what? There's a lot of rich folks like you. You know why? Because you're in America. 
Laodicea. You say, I'm rich, have become wealthy. And here's how you know that you're rich and wealthy. You have need of nothing. Okay, this is Revelation 3 and 17. That way they can see it. And then we'll go to 18 and 19. This is how you know you're rich. You say, I have need of nothing. How much is too much when you get to the place where you don't need anything? Don't need God. I'm content. Verse 17, and, and do not know that you are wretched. On the outside, it's good. But I'm wretched. I'm miserable with my riches. Got bills paid. Got you a TV. Got you food to eat. Got you a couple friends and family. You're not happy. Not happy one bit. Because you have everything you don't need. You're still missing the Lord in your life. You're still missing talk with Him and prayer with Him and and time and Bible study. You're still missing the church. You're still missing church attendance and missing the body of Christ. and, And you're miserable. And you've tried the world. You've tried drugs and alcohol and relationships. But you're miserable. Because you think that you can get everything you need from the world. But you're miserable. You're lukewarm. You're poor, you're blind, you're naked. This is the word to you and me. And you might not like to hear it, but it's the truth. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to preach to Laodicea. Because that's where you are. The Lord said, don't preach like other preachers on the internet. The Lord said, don't preach what they want to hear. Preach the truth about them. My people think they don't need me. And they're deceived. Truly, we are spiritually bankrupt. We are under what God has promised for us. We are. He says in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments. He's not talking about your money. He said you have, you have that, you're still poor. He's talking about the content of your heart and your character and your spirit man. He said, I can give you something really good. I can give you purity, white garments, that you can be clothed again because we're naked. But we can be clothed if we come to him. And that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eye salve to get your sight back that you may see. Watch this in verse 19. And as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten, I correct. Therefore, Laodicea, would you get passionate again about God and repent and turn to him? God wants people who think they don't need God to repent today. For thinking they don't need God. A deceived and comfortable church was prophesied to exist one day years ago. And out of all the churches, out of all the churches we've seen, what church do you think is most like this in the world? We are this church. We are the lukewarm church. We are those who know him, but we just don't know ourselves. 
You see, the Revelation says that Laodicea knows, they didn't say anything about them not knowing God. The problem is they don't know themselves. We don't know ourselves. We think that our materialism is our holiness. Because if we have things, we're right with God. And if we don't, we're not right with God. And that's a lie. Then Jesus wasn't right. He was homeless. He didn't have a lot of materialism. Jesus wishes that we would be hot or cold. And I say today enough fake Christians. If you're not right inside, get it dealt with right now. But no one's caught me yet. Exactly. That's why it's dangerous. It's paramount to be honest with where you are right now. It is so key that we take out the mirror and we look at ourselves so that we can see if we're hot or cold. It's paramount. It's so vital. You know, it's never been easier to pick a side right now. It's never been easier for me to choose a side because one side is freezing cold. You know what's happening in our world, don't you? One side right now is freezing cold. You can find them everywhere. They're freezing to death. And the other side is red hot, full of life and power and anointing. It has never been easier for me to pick a side of where I want to stand. I see the coldness, I see the heat, and I know that I want to be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. I refuse to pick the side of the chosen frozen. I want to walk in the power and the anointing of the glory of God. I want to choose a life on fire for Jesus. Listen, the cold will make you stiff. It will cause you to seek cover in all the wrong places. Cover up with alcohol. Cover up with relationships you shouldn't be in. You cover up with all the money. You can't get warm with the things of the world. Only our God can cover us enough. Hey, Adam and Eve, you can't make your own fig leaves and get warm enough with your nakedness. You need God to cover you. How do you, how do you know you're cold? You're always trying to cover up. Some of you... Little frail ladies in church so always got to bring your blanket to church. Oh, pastor, the air is so cold in here. 80% of us are dying right now because it's so hot. And when they're cold, you're always seeking something to comfort you. And when you're uncovered, you're always looking for something to make you feel better. Because you're cold. And you're looking for something to make you comfortable. But man, when you're on fire and you're covered... And the Lord has put a big old thermal blanket around you. You don't need the things of the world anymore to satisfy you. Because you're content in your walk with God. You don't need anything in the world to light your fire. Because your fire is lit. And you don't need the things of the world anymore. I'm free. I'm satisfied. I'm content. Because I'm on fire for him. And I'm covered. You know what heat will do? It'll make you loose. Somebody say, loosen up. Things that are cold get tight. Out there working in the winter, trying to undo a bolt. Things stuck. Somebody's like, just get the heat on it. 
Because when you get the heat on, it loosens. And some of y'all so uptight because you have no fire inside of you. It's so easy to offend you because you break when we touch you. You shatter. One little tap of that cold, frozen glass, and you just go to pieces. But boy, when you're heated up and you're loose, you can take the hits and keep on rolling. You're not affected by it. It doesn't get in your spirit. You ought to get on fire for God. You ought to let God cover you up real good to where you warm up real good and get on fire for God. You know what fire does? It'll purify your souls and your minds and your thoughts. It'll keep you right. It'll keep you holy no matter what's happening around you. I love that story of the Hebrew boys that got thrown in the fire and they walked around and they weren't burned. But the, guess what? The, the people that tried to put them in the fire died. And the, and the, bind, the bounding, they were bound with the ropes, they, they also burned. You see, God, when you get in the fire, God will take care of the thing that puts you there, puts you in your, your problem to begin with. And then he'll go ahead and set you free from the effects of that problem. You can live on fire. You can live free. It's the one of God to be free. It's the one of God to be on fire, never to be cold. So you know what the Lord wants to do? He wants to chasten us and correct us because we are the church of Laodicea. Somebody say, I am. If we don't own this, if we don't trust God, then we can't handle the correction because we don't think we need it. But you know what? The more I look, the more I say I do need a little bit of help. It takes faith to trust God when he tells you, you don't know who you really are. One of the most frustrating things as a parent is to have your seven-year-old tell you, no, I know better than you. Son, if you do that, it's going to hurt you. No, it won't. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just 39. I've lived life and pastor a church. And, but I don't know anything compared to you, son. How do you even get through to someone who doesn't trust you? I don't even know how to make it make sense to them. How do I even find the words to tell you? It just takes trusting your father. If he says you need help, you need help. If he says you're Laodicea, then you are. So while I'm preaching this message, you should have already been searching your heart and quit looking at the riches and the comforts. You should have confessed it. Yes, I'm Laodicea, and I could be cold. I could be lukewarm, but I don't want to be. Let me hurry up. America is the last place that needs the comfortable church services. Put that over in the Philippines when they don't have a whole lot of food to eat and they walk everywhere. Go ahead and preach that message of comfort to them because they actually need it. Let the missionaries go to Africa and preach comfort. You know what we need? We need a big old Holy Ghost slap across the face. Because we're Laodicea. And these churches that are growing off of pie in the sky and comfort messages are not churches. It's prophetically their own doom. 
Because when the going gets tough and all hell breaks out, those people will have no foundation to stand on because they didn't know who they were. And while they may be prophesying and they may be casting out devils down the road, the church that gets all the comfort preaching never sees themselves and never gets right with God. And they're shocked on judgment day because nobody preached like this. Nobody dug in and helped reveal the honest truth about our condition. You know, in our society today, because everybody's so tender, this is the only, this is the last place left in the world where you can preach the truth and actually make it okay. Everywhere else out there, they'll kill you for it. Just say something wrong to somebody out there on the street. They'll want to fight you for it. Everybody's so sensitive because they're naked, because they're cold. But you know what? When you walk in here, you can just go ahead and expect this preacher to, t- to preach the truth to you because this is where we've got to do it. You've got to hear the tough truth in here. You won't hear it out there. And we've become so scared of each other, we won't tell our own friends anymore. When's the last time you really felt like you could tell someone the truth about them without losing a bunch? Y'all, we're scared to death of each other. Listen, I need to talk to you. I noticed you hadn't come to the altar in four years. Are you calling me that I don't love God? You telling me I don't love God? You, you can't tell anybody anything anymore. And you know what? You're hurting yourself because you will never see the truth about you. Brother Dale, I, I had, a, uh, had one of the, the people at Love and Austin get my phone number, reach out to me. They wanted to talk about the Bible. The problem is, is I know the Bible. And they thought they did too. And we began to talk about the Bible until all of a sudden they believed in three gods and I believe in one. And this nice conversation turned ugly fast. Yeah. Yeah. This world that we're living in. It, this, 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 this gentleman was so kind at first. And then he began to realize I did not believe his doctrine. And boy, he began to use cuss words. You know what I said to him? This might be my only chance to ever reach this guy. He might not be, Brother Dale, at the next. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I said? I said, sir. On this phone call, you have revealed the true nature of your spirit. No matter what you think you know about God, he is not in you, sir. There is nothing coming out of you right now that tells me you have the spirit of the Lord walking in your heart. And the fruit does not lie, sir. And that's what I told him. And he hung up on me. Because people don't want to talk about who they are. And it makes us all afraid. But we can't be afraid, Brother Jason. We still have to preach the truth. We need to preach the truth more in Laodicea than anywhere in the entire world. We need truth preachers now to rise up more than anywhere in the world. We are the most deceived people in the entire world. We think we don't need God more than any nation in the world. The Western society thinks we don't need God. 
Because we have God replacements. And free speech is under attack, but not in the church. They've never shut up the preachers, and they never will. Read your Bibles. They beat them, threatened them, said they'd kill them, and they just went right back out there and started preaching Jesus again because you will never shut up the truth no matter what laws are passed because this is the hope of the world. If we shut up, there is no salvation. If we shut up, there is no hope. We've got to tell Laodicea, you're poor, you're naked, and you're broken. Now listen to me. Jesus does not want to run you out. He wants you to see if you're really in. He's not trying to kick you out of the church, and I'm not either. In fact, you can, you can stay here and just admit you're not in this thing. Nobody's trying to get you to leave church physically. But you might want to admit if you're really in it. Because that's the beginning of your salvation. Confessing that you look it, but you're not living it. This is how you get saved. And I'm going to tell you, this is just how I work. If you confess to me what you're dealing with, I will do anything for you. If you hide from me, there's no compassion that will flow. But if you reveal your struggles, I'm telling you, if the Spirit of God is in me, I cannot reject you. Because the Holy Ghost will always give mercy to the confessors. But the Spirit of God, that same Spirit, will also turn its back on the Pharisees. And in this church, it's the safest place, Brother Gary, for people to come up here and say, I'm struggling. Because that's, that's exactly right. Hey, newsflash, we already know you're struggling. Some of you are like, well, this might be a surprise to you, Pastor, but I'm actually struggling. No, we know. We know. You hadn't lifted your hands in three weeks. You haven't spoken in tongues in three years. We know. You got a sour face. We know. So just deal with it and take care. So we need a mirror. By so we need a mirror. James said in James 1.23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. We don't like mirrors. So let me give you a, a, a quick explanation of the Old Testament that I want to close today. The Old Testament is so important, church family. Do you know why it's important? It's important because it tells us the laws of God. Now, why are there laws of God? Why did God give Moses laws for the people of God to go by? This is very important. Some of you don't think you need the Old Testament. It's not important to you, but it is important to you, Christians. It is. Here's why. Because laws tell us the standard for which God needs us to live, to be holy, let me give you examples of some laws. Love God. Love your neighbor. Don't steal. Don't kill. Honor your parents. Dun, 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 dun. Honor your parents. If you struggle with this, you're below the bar. You need help. Don't desire what your neighbor has. Don't covet. 
That's just a few of them. Don't work one day a week on the Sabbath because you need to trust God with the other six days of the week. It takes a lot of trust to take a day off from work. But God, I need the money. God's like, no, you need me. I need the money. Lord, you know. Lord's like, no, and I don't know. I'm the provider. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Don't tell me you need, you need me. Stop trying to tell God that you need every day of the week. If you'll give God the first, he'll let the six be multiplied. Laws of God. The laws of God. There's so many laws of God. Just look them up one day. Look them up. 613 laws. Pay your tithing. 10% everything you get. Trusting God. This is why it's so cool. Because when you give your tithing, first 10% to God, he'll make the 90% last. It takes trust to do everything. So the laws of God, 613 laws in the Old Testament they had to live by. And they get ridiculous. I mean, they get difficultly ridiculous is my point. And you know what the first thing I think about when I read all the laws? I can't do that. That's exactly right, Aubrey. You can't do it. We don't study the laws of God so we don't have to feel like we can't do it. We talk about the grace of God. We skip the Old Testament, we jump in the New Testament and say, I'm saved by grace. But you don't even realize the bar that has been set in the Old Testament and how far you are from the bar to even need the New Testament. He died for me because I was a, what were you? I was just, I was just, you know, I had some problems. No, you were a wretch. You were a sinner. You're messed up. You're a failure. You're broken. You can't be holy by your own righteousness. It's impossible. Look in the mirror. Read the laws. You can't do this. You can't do it without prayer. You can't do it without fasting. You can't do it without a Bible study every day. You can't do it. You can't do it in Him. We have our breath. We have our breath in Him. Every day we need Him. Why? Because I know me. See, some of you don't know you. That's why you don't pray. I know me, Matthew. I know me. I know me. I know me. When I'm driving down Austin and the, the Westlake Dermatology billboard's up there and it's got the same women with barely any clothes on, I know me. I better start praying in the left because it's on the right. In the name of Jesus, Lord, get me home right now. I know me. Oh, he's a pastor. He doesn't, I'm still a man. I know me. I know I gotta be careful on my phone, on my computer. I know me. I gotta have prayer every day, all day. I know me. I know my attitudes. I know I get cranky. I know I have bad days. That is not a problem. That's actually the beginning of my solution. Now I know I need the Lord. I need His grace. I need His mercy. I've gotta have Him daily. Let's stop and pray. Let's stop and pray. I need Him. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I need Him. I know me. Well, I want to go to a church that talks about my flaws because then I'll feel bad. Not for long. Because when I get done telling you about how bad you are, there's only one solution left. And we have him here. 
He's right here right now to solve every problem you have. He's right here right now to feel everything that's empty inside of you. And when I get done preaching the law to you, and I get done telling you, you got to live holy, everything you watch, everything you do, everywhere you go, and I tell you that it's impossible, does that not make you want to get down on your face and say, I need you, Jesus. I know me. Is anybody else willing to say, I know me? Is there any men here today that say, I know me? I know my tendencies. I know my temptations. I know my temperament. I know my natural state is flawed. And knowing me makes me want to know him. How, how do we let God know us? Well, how did God let us know him? The Bible says he came and got close to them. Step one, get close to God. Wherever God's at, I want to be with them. What, what did God do to know, make himself known? He spoke to us. Step two, speak to God. How did God make himself known? He ate with us. He fellowshiped with us. Step three, enjoy the presence of the Lord. He slept in the same homes, in the same treed areas with his disciples. Every second of the day, he opened up who he was, and he was not afraid to be honest about who he was. The only way for us to be saved is to make sure we're honest to God with who we really are. I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you've buried some skeletons. And the closet is stuffed full of secrets. But he loved us enough to tell us his secrets. Have you figured it out yet? It takes two people open to create a relationship. And if God and us are going to have a relationship, He can't be the only one opening up about this. Whatever is going on in your life, He wants you to bring it to Him. He wants you to be open. He wants you to stop hiding with your secret struggles. He wants you to confess if you're a sinner. Then come up here and say, I'm a sinner. The people that I'm most afraid of today are people who know they're wrong and they don't budge. You know who really stays on fire for God? People that always assume they need them. I, I, have, I have seen people come to altars in my life who didn't even look like they needed it. 
Sister Rosemary comes up and lifts her hands. Oh, God, I need you. I'm like, she hadn't sinned in 45 years. Can you get more perfect than Sister Rosemary? But you know why she's able to live like that? Because she assumes she still needs him. I don't come to the altar and pray when everything's wrong or right. I come because I just know me. You know why I have skipped prayer meetings? Because I woke up one day with no pain in my body. My bank account was full and everything was good. And I said, I can take the day off. Just to get out there in traffic. Just to have my wife say something and that triggers me. Just to, to have bad news just make me go crazy. I thought I was good because I cannot see what's coming. That's why repentance is for right now. Baptism is for yesterday. And the Holy Ghost is for tomorrow. Get it inside of you right now because of what's on the way. Get full of the Holy Ghost in this service. Even if you think you're topped off, top it off again because you know you. Let's all stand today and lift up our hands and get ready for God to pull us to an altar. Today, we're not just going to pray because we know God. We're going to pray because I know me. I'm not going to bow down and I'm not going to seek God and I'm not going to try to do this today because He's great. I'm going to do it because I'm messed up. Because I ought to be further down the, the road by now with all I know about Him. What's going to keep you in the fire is if you can always assume, I'm just human. I've got the capacity to go back. I've got the capacity to backslide. I could. It could be me. It could be you. It could be any of us. No one's guaranteed to be living for God forever. So if you will make up your mind, I want a revelation of me today. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a flawed person. I've got attitudes. I've got darkness. It's easy for me to backslide, but I know how to fix this. I'm going to run to the altar, and I'm going to make sure that I'm right again and again and again because I know me. It's not enough, church family, to know the Lord. You've got to know you. Come on, be honest right now. No matter how holy you think you are, no matter how much money you have, do not measure holiness off of materialism. Measure it off of the character and the content of your spirit and your mind and your imagination. What goes on in that brain of yours? What are the thoughts that you think? That's how you measure. I need him no matter how I feel. I need him when I'm rich. I need him when I'm poor. I need him when I'm healthy. I need him when I'm sick. I need him no matter what. I need him daily. I need him hourly. I need him by the minute. I need him by the second. I need him. He's my breath. He's my soul's breath. If your body needs a breath every second, then what does your soul need? In Him we move, we breathe, we have our being, we walk in Him, He moves in us. Come on, get the revelation of your flawed nature and you will never miss a prayer meeting. Get the revelation of your flawed nature. You'll never miss a day of fasting again. You'll never miss church again. 
the quicker the young people believe it and figure it out, the, the better you'll be. I know life is good and your parents pay the bills, but hear me, you still need him because you battle with suicidal thoughts and you battle with self-harm and you struggle with insecurities. At the age of 12 and 13 and 14, you need a prayer life. You've seen hell and darkness on social media. You need a prayer life. I know I need me. I need God. I know me. I know me. I need God. I know me. I need God. Come on, someone embrace uh, every flaw. Embrace uh, every struggle. Embrace every weakness. Uh, look in the mirror today and say yes. I do. I need you not because you're great, because you're great and I'm not. It's the combination of worship that says he's good and I'm not. I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Come on, sing it. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Make that your prayer, church family. Oh, I need you, Lord. I should have been further by now. I grew up in church. I grew up sleeping on pews. I should have been further by now. But I thought that knowing you was enough. But it's not. I need to be known by you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. You can sing it out. It's easy. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Come on. I just wrote this song. I just made it up. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Come on. Confess it. Yeah, I looked at that website. And that's why I'm coming to the altar right now. And that's why I'm going to pray tomorrow. I got a little angry this week. I got a little bitter. I got a little emotional this week. Uh, I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. It's because I'm flawed. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, Jesus. Let's confess it right now. Come on, if you're just sitting there, you don't have a revelation of yourself. Come on, we're stuffed. We think we have everything we need, but we're lying to ourselves. If your heart does not say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, yes. More than food, more than water, oh, more than money. I need you, Lord. Come on, let's worship Him right now. Yeah, yeah. More than houses, more than marriages, more than relationships. I need you, Lord. Come on, Laodicea. Wake up. Wake up. Fast until you wake up. Sacrifice until you wake up. 
awaken out. Wake up out of it. Shake yourself. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Oh, I need you right now. 